When common sense takes a back seat to mainstream media talking points and social media headlines, it's time for a reality check. It's time for a dose of the facts. This is the John Muir Show. Good morning, John Muir Show. It is 8.41 a.m. on Friday morning, and we start out this Friday morning by heading to the phone lines, joined by a good friend of this program, the senior U.S. Senator from the state of Wisconsin, Ron Johnson. Senator Johnson, how are you doing this morning? Doing great, John. How about yourself? Doing great as well, thank you. So, consistency is something that is often hard to come by in the world of politics. Uh, From what I know of you, you're someone who prides yourself on being consistent, and this show certainly prides itself on it as well. Capitol Hill Democrats in recent days and weeks have been voicing plenty of opposition for street cops who engage in criminal behavior, and rightfully so. I, I think most of us in the United States have voiced opposition to criminalistic street cops for a long time. Uh, However, as was on display a couple days ago at a Capitol Hill hearing, uh, a House Judiciary Committee hearing, many of those same Democrats who were in the room were not willing to voice opposition for criminalistic federal cops, uh, like some of those from the Obama years who have been factually implicated in leftist, partisan-motivated criminalistic activity. Uh, It's quite the double standard that we see from those individuals know when it comes to bad cops. Well, first of all, I mean, they're two totally separate issues. I mean, you've got law enforcement, people trying to keep our communities safe. And then you've got, you know, uh, members of the intelligence community and people at the very top of the FBI that are really engaged in political wrongdoing, as opposed to you know, what we witnessed, for example, with the, the, the very unfortunate death of uh, George Floyd. Uh, so, I mean, in the one issue where you're seeing the street protests right now that uh, you know, are being hijacked by a certain element, turning those into riots and, and destroying property, now literally trying to destroy police departments as well. Uh, the, the issue there, from my standpoint, is uh, we need to first respect the men and women in blue, the, the, the folks that every day they leave their, their house they're putting their lives on the line. And, and so many of them, hundreds of them, have lost their lives trying to protect our safety and security. Uh, those are good cops. And I think the vast majority, just as is this true in the FBI, the vast majority serving the FBI, the vast majority people serving law enforcement, good, honorable people, and probably the, the thing they hate the most are, are the bad cops and, and the corrupt uh, people in the, in the FBI. And so it's, it's a matter of you know, how do you weed out the corruption? You know, on, in local law enforcement, I think you really have to take a look at police unions. And as, as beneficial as they can be, you know, advocating for their members, I think the, the one downside, and this is true of teachers' unions as well, is they protect bad teachers, they protect bad cops, and that's something that I think needs to change. And when you start talking about uh, the FBI, uh, we just need exposure. We, we need the public to understand exactly what happened uh, so that hopefully it'll never happen again. But again, Two totally, two totally separate issues. But what is consistent with Democrats is their hypocrisy. There's no doubt about that. You hit the nail on the head. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, it's just, you know, they go railing, you know, some of these judiciary Democrats at the hearing the other day on, on bad cops, which, again, totally agree. Uh, this show doesn't care, you know, where the bad cops are, whether it's street cops engaged in criminal activity, whether it's some of those, you know, folks at the highest levels of the Obama intel agencies, federal cops who are engaged in criminal activity. This show opposes all of it, and, and we know that you do as well. And then just to hear some of these Democrats going out there talking about how bad cops on the street are so problematic, and they got it right, but then you got someone like Jim Jordan, the Republican from Ohio, bringing up, well, how about the bad cops that we've seen at the federal level in Washington, D.C.? And then all of a sudden, uh, those Democrats didn't want to talk about bad cops anymore. It was really interesting. Uh, as we're being joined by U.S. Senator Ron Johnson here on the John Muir Show, and uh, could you please uh, help us out, uh, fill us in on the latest on the investigations that have been taking place in Washington, D.C. into Obama-era corruption and criminality that targeted Donald Trump and various associates of Donald Trump. Uh, the last time, Senator, that you were on this program was just prior to your Senate committee's vote on authorizing subpoenas. Uh, what's the latest on this front? Well, we I, I got the authorization. Now, we're first mm -hmm. reaching out to those individuals, those uh, agencies, to hopefully cooperate without having to issue a subpoena. But you know, subpoenas work. You know, we found that with the Blue Star Strategies, which was an earlier vote. Uh, this was a Democrat-run lobbying firm that was representing the corrupt oil company Burisma in Ukraine. And it was interesting, the, the, the day of the vote, uh, uh, my Democrat ranking member uh, entered into the record a letter from Blue Star saying, you know, don't understand why, why would we subpoena them? They've been fully cooperating. Now, we had tried to get them to cooperate since December 3rd, six months. They turned over 149 pages of documents. Uh, since we've issued the subpoena, we've gotten 2,600 pages of documents. I personally don't believe they fully uh, complied yet with the subpoena. Um, so, you know, subpoenas actually work and, uh, ha having that threat will hopefully get people to cooperate. But, uh, bottom line is we may have to issue some of those subpoenas to get full cooperation, but the, the information log jam is breaking. Uh, we have a general sense of what happened, the corruption, the transition process. Um, but we need to get the documents. We, we need to prove. And, and, and here's the, the main question that needs to be answered. It's a similar question that, that always has to be answered in these cases is, who knew what, exactly what did they know, and exactly when did they know it? Because mm -hmm. I think that will show the, the real level of corruption and find out really who is corrupt. I mean, an example I've been using is Rod Rosenstein. Uh, it's pretty amazing, his testimony, uh, how you know, completely unaware he was of all these facts and you know, all, the, all the process and procedures that took place when he's investigating, when the Department of Justice and, and the FBI is investigating the sitting president of the United States, and he's He's just claiming all this, uh, I, I didn't know. So it was either gross management incompetence or he wasn't telling the truth. I mean, kind of take your pick. And my guess is as we go through this process, we're going to have an awful lot of these officials just, just not able to recall things. Or I guess they'd rather claim they were just incompetent as managers as opposed to uh, fess up to the fact that they were really engaged in some pretty wrongdoing. So, so you did, as you note, authorize the subpoenas, hoping not to have to use the subpoenas. Uh, so what is the plan going forward? Is there anything else on the calendar uh, at this point in relation to this investigation? Well, we're, we're obtaining documents right now. I'm going to be sitting down with Attorney General Barr uh, next week. Quite honestly, you know, we've subpoenaed the FBI, uh, a lot of their records. I'm not exactly sure what the 
Attorney General Barr wants to talk to me about, but I'm, I'm happy to meet with them. But we, we first need the documents. You want to be able to see the, the emails. You want to see the investigation files before you actually sit down and interview people, or else you just kind of sit there yakking with people without a great deal of knowledge. But we're, we're in a much better position, for example, than Devin Nunes was back in 2017. We know so much more. We've, we've obtained so many more documents. We have his interviews that uh, you know we can certainly uh, go off of. We, we've got now Rod Rosenstein's testimony in front of the Senate. So you know, we'll just build off of all the information we've already, already gathered, and I think our interviews then will be far better informed and hopefully will provide better information for the public. It's, it's not easy to get to the bottom of these things. So, you know, People are covering their tracks. It's been three years, and that's certainly been one of the points I've made is we've, we've gone about this completely backwards. It should have started with congressional investigations. Our committee should have had full access to the information. If we found evidence of criminal wrongdoing, you turn that over to the Justice Department. If there's a conflict of interest, they set up a special counsel. We left right to a special counsel. Of course, it was designed that way. That's part of the corruption of this process. Mm-hmm. Even though the FBI knew full well the Russian disinformation was contained in the Steele dossier, and yet they used that, but they, they knew this. Uh, by the end of January 2017, the investigation should have ended there, but it didn't. It proceeded to the appointment of uh, Special Counselor Mueller in May 17th, just further evidence of the total corruption of this process. Mm-hmm. As we're being joined by U.S. Senator Ron Johnson here on the John Muir Show, and this show would agree with you that uh, the most important investigations are the ones that are conducted by Congress because those are individuals who the people have elected to those positions and those individuals are obviously accountable to the voters as a result. Uh, Of course, those congressional investigations, the one currently being conducted by your committee, the one being conducted by Senator Lindsey Graham's committee, those are not the only investigations of this nature taking place. Uh, There's also the criminal investigation into Obama-era wrongdoing that's being led by U.S. Attorney John Durham. Uh, Just wondering, Senator, do you have any word as to when that Durham investigation might conclude and when the findings of that investigation might be released publicly? No, I really don't. And again, an investigation with integrity, uh, people don't know about it. Uh, I mean, the, the reason you don't ever find out if somebody's not indicted about what the investigation was about is if you've got nothing on the, the individual, the public shouldn't even know that they were even being investigated because the investigation itself taints some individuals. So, yes, that's our due process, and that's the right way to do it, which is why congressional investigations are so important when it comes to political wrongdoing. There, there may be wrongdoing that doesn't rise to the level of criminality or that somebody, somebody like John Durham or the Attorney General Barr doesn't feel they can really get a conviction, so they're not going to indict. That's called prosecutorial discretion. That, the purpose of their investigations is to prosecute and convict. The purpose of ours is to inform, first of all, public policy, but secondly, and probably more importantly, to inform the public. Two completely different objectives, and then that gets lost an awful lot uh, in this analysis. Mm-hmm. And, and yes, it's absolutely imperative that all of our investigations uh, whether it's the Durham investigation, any investigation on Capitol Hill, that all of them are, are fair and thorough, and that, no, this uh, this doesn't target people politically. That's <laughs> targeting people politically is exactly what the other side did in their investigations, like uh, the Mueller investigation. So, no, it's imperative that doesn't happen. But, uh, yes, when, when these investigations do conclude, obviously, it, it is important that all information is released to the public so that any wrongdoing that did take place so that the public can learn the full extent of that wrongdoing. I want to shift gears a little bit as we're being joined by U.S. Senator Ron Johnson, 
So getting back to something that was part of what we discussed in our first question, what are your thoughts, Senator, on these various efforts out of Washington, D.C. to reform policing, uh, referring to the sort of policing that you would just see on the streets every day, not uh, at the federal level with groups like the FBI? Before I answer that, let me just finish off our last conversation. What I'm trying to get to is the truth. You know, obviously, if there's wrongdoing, the public needs to know that. If there was no wrongdoing or minimal wrongdoing, they need to understand that. So my quest is for the truth and revealing that to the public. And what baffles me is, what are the Democrats afraid of? Why would they be resistant to me getting out the truth? But in terms of what's happening in Washington, D.C., um, you know, law enforcement is by and large a local and state function. And it should be left to the local and state uh, authorities. Uh, we will do. We, we will hopefully make some positive improvement, some continuous improvement. Um, but from my standpoint, the, the most effective thing would be to uh, reduce the ability of unions to protect bad cops. I think that's the, the number one thing that has to be done. I think that's off the table in terms of, uh, you know, from the standpoint of getting bipartisan support for it. Uh, I actually would quite honestly take a look at. Uh, uh, qualified immunity as well. Uh, and, and that's not just as it relates to, to cops, that relates to cities and states. And, you know, I understand the, the, the quagmire you get in there. There's a pretty interesting piece written by David Ritzkin in the Wall Street Journal arguing for uh, removing that. Uh, a lot of bad things occur because of that qualified immunity. But it, that also seems to be completely off the table. So you know, what we'll do is we'll do some limited continuous improvement. Uh, my guess is the Democrats will block it. I don't know why. The, you know, again, they're always absolute. It's the same whether it's gun control or anything else, you know, where you actually have bipartisan agreement to, to make some improvements. Democrats end up blocking it. makes no sense to me. I, you know, I'd rather take half a loaf than you know, get nothing at all. But uh, I think that's kind of what's at play right now. We'll, we'll see when we get back on, on Monday. I think we're going to take a vote on cloture on, on a bill that uh, Tim Scott has, uh, I think, done a pretty good job leading on, working with the White House to – do what the federal government can do to make some marginal improvements, and we'll see whether the Democrats join us in that effort or whether they just block it because it's not uh, their full-blown uh, uh, their full-blown solution, which generally with Democrats is not a solution at all. Which, by the way, and you have to point this out, you know, so much of the unrest, so so much of the problems when it comes to policing and and crime and and you know all, all kinds of violence, it's occurring in cities, the inner cities that have been run exclusively by Democrats for decades. Mm -hmm. You know, the, the Great Society programs, we spent you know, somewhere in the order of $20 trillion. It hasn't worked. You know, when are we going to have an honest assessment of all the well-intentioned programs that may have completely backfired and, and broken up families, which are the foundational building block of uh, any successful society? And we, we seem to have broken them up, and, and we don't have that, that uh successful building block uh, present uh, enough in, in inner cities to provide the kind of strength and support that we need to combat poverty. Mm -hmm. and, and, Senator, I've looked at both the Democrat and the Republican proposals on police reform out of Washington, D.C., and I, I think both of them have some positive elements to them. I also think that both of them have some problematic elements to them where, where I think it, it takes it a bit too far, especially the Democrat bill. I mean, I think most of us in the United States would say, yes, we are united in opposing bad police officers, officers who, who go uh, abusing, uh, 
uh, the authority that they're given and go engaging in, in criminal activity and go violating other people's rights needlessly. Uh, but I look at the Democrat bill especially, and you look at that, and it just screams that they are trying to tie the hands of good cops as well to the point where a lot of good cops in this country would likely be unable or, or maybe unwilling out of fear uh, to go doing their jobs properly because they're afraid of what sort of repercussions could come their way because the protections uh, for cops have been diminished to such a, a low level. I mean, you know, bottom line, table stakes, cops have to be able to defend themselves. You know, mm -hmm. they're, they're out there putting themselves in situations that are incredibly dangerous, and they need, have to have the ability to defend themselves and once they defend themselves, they can't be brought up on, on criminal charges you know, unless they have so far gone over the line. So, again, it's, 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 it's a tough situation. There's no doubt about it. But my, my first line of, of support is to support those that are trying to keep us safe. And when you go too far in, in these reforms where police start backing off because they're going, well, I, just, you know, I can't put myself in that situation because I can't defend myself, so I'm not going to defend the community the people that suffer are the people in those crime-ridden communities, mm -hmm. and those those communities are going to become more and more crime-ridden. So there, there has to be balance to this approach, and we have to first recognize and appreciate what police and law enforcement officers do for us, trying to keep us safe, and we, we have to give them the latitude, and we have to give them the support be able to protect themselves first and foremost, or they won't protect us. We won't have enough of them protecting us. But this could all break down. So, no, I, I am not happy with the balance that's being brought to the, because there's no, there, unfortunately, the media is not balanced in, in their coverage of this. We're, we're not rational in our approach. Um, but it first and foremost starts with we need to protect society. In order to protect society, we need people that are willing to protect us, and they have to be able to protect themselves. Yeah, if any changes are going to be be made, they need to be common sense changes, not some of this radical defund the police crap that we've heard from uh, various leftist politicians at various levels of government. Uh, U.S. Senator Ron Johnson, thank you so much for your time as always. Appreciate it. Uh, have the best of weekends. Look forward to catching up with you soon again. Have a great day. Stay healthy. Same to you. Safe 59.